Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online, thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil and find out. Hello again, everyone. I'm Aaron Noonan. Welcome to the V8 Sleuth podcast, powered by Timken, a world leader in bearings and mechanical power transmission products and services. Now, in this episode, it is a Q&A. You ask the questions, I will fire the answers, and we've got lots of them from Facebook and Twitter over the course of the last uh, seven days or so. And of course, a lot's been happening in the world at the moment. Stay safe wherever you are and Whatever you're doing, we will make it through it and get some motor racing back very, very soon. It's a good chance for us to do a Q&A after our catch-up with Ryan's story that has had some amazing feedback. In fact, the last three episodes of our pod, the feedback has been awesome. So thank you very much for all those who've taken the time to send an email or, or write through on social media or leave a review on your favourite podcast app. The response to the Ryan story episode to Larry Perkins and Dave Reynolds and Jason Barguana has been really, really great. So please keep the uh, the feedback coming. First question from Mate. I'm not sure if that's old mate or new mate from Twitter, but he asks, how old are the Team Sydney cars? And well, they're not that old. Uh, Alex Davison's car, which was the James Courtney car, car 19, that was new for Jack LeBrock in 2018. Uh, and Chris Pither's car, the uh, number 22 car, that was new for Lee Holdsworth in 2016. It was built by Triple Eight, actually, to replace the car that was written off in that shunt with Lee at Darwin, uh, at Hidden Valley. Uh, and that was the spare car for the Red Bull Holden Racing Team last year and was used for the VCAT testing at the end of last year, start of this year as well. Uh, his other part of the question, actually, is what's the oldest car of the future car that anyone's run in the main game? And I guess the answer there is the first one, which was V8 Supercar Chassis 001, which was the first Nissan Altima, the car that Bryce Fullwood used to win the Super 2 Series last year. Its last main game start came with Rick Kelly in 2017 in Darwin, having had its first main game start with James Moffat in Adelaide in 2013. Mick Jeffrey from Twitter. This is a good one. I've just been watching parts of the 2-litre Bathurst 1998. What's the difference between the NZ Touring Cars and the Super Tourers? Well, basically, you might remember that there was a Schedule S New Zealand Touring Car category, and they were not even close in spec to super tours. They're a much more standard type of touring cars with BMWs and Toyotas. There was a Ford Telstar that ran at Bathurst that year. Uh, So it was a a class within that race that was uh, just much less spec in terms of the cars. Jason Richards actually uh, had a run in a BMW that weekend and we saw some familiar names driving in some of the other Schedule S New Zealand class cars. Rod Kay from Twitter, what's the best race you watched in person and is it the same as the best race you watched on TV? Well, I'm not sure how I can be at the race and watch it on TV at the same time, but in fact, that's probably what we do at most of the races. Uh, it's really hard to pick one, but because I've just answered Mick's question before, that 1998 AMP Bathurst 1002 litre race, uh, I was there in person and it was a stunning race, one-on-one, basically between the Jim Richards, Ricard Rydell Volvo and the Steve Richards, Matt Neal, Nissan Primera, but it was, a, it was a corker. Greg Rust, who is our guest on the next edition of the V8 Sleuth podcast, make sure you tune in for that one. A great chat that we recorded in the week of the Australian Grand Prix, of course, the Grand Prix that never was in the history books. Well, there was a practice day of uh, <laughs> various categories, but not for Formula 1. Rusty asks a question. The car that sold the fastest via the V8 Sleuth site 
what was hot property and snapped up quickly. There's been a couple of cars over the years that have uh, been advertised and disappeared within a week or two. Um, but probably the car that really attracted a lot of interest was the Sandman. Uh, as far as I'm aware, it hasn't sold, but it had probably the most response to any car that's ever been listed on our site, the 888 uh, Sandman wagon that once upon a time was Jamie Winkup's race car, but uh, hopefully we can break new records for selling cars fast. Rod Binding from Twitter, during this shutdown, are you aware of any team struggling financially or letting off staff? Uh, Rod, yes and yes. Obviously, if we don't go car racing, uh, sponsor logos are not on TV, therefore sponsor money is not flowing. Uh, pretty much all the supercar team workshops, as we speak, uh, are closed down. Um, a lot of the staff have been uh, put on unpaid leave uh, with a job to be there, hopefully, when the championship gets back to racing. But the reality is it's very, very serious because um, a range of drivers, and I won't go into names because I think that's not fair, but a massive range of drivers have taken huge pay cuts, 80% pay cuts and the like, to um, try to help out these race teams at these times when the money's not flowing in the door because we're not going uh, racing every three weeks as we, we normally would be at this period. So, um, yeah, it's a difficult time and, and there's a lot of um, – there, there's not no one really, as far as I'm aware, that's working out of workshops. There, there might be one or two people in there, but otherwise they're all shut down and all the staff are in some instances on unpaid leave and in other cases on uh, heavily reduced um, payment at the moment. So um, we hope that everyone can – survive this and weather the storm and and be there for whenever it is that we come back and and race a bit later in the year and in the meantime the e-series i think is going to put a few people um uh, give them something to to look at and certainly give the driver something to to keep them busy and get those competitive juices flowing as well uh, gordon edwards asks did the nissan bluebird turbo hold the pre-caltex chase lap record in 1984 at bathurst uh, it did for a touring car, 2 minute 13.85. It wasn't the outright lap record at the time. That was Neil Allen's uh, Formula 5000 from 1970 off the top of my head. But it did hold the touring car uh, practice lap record for some time from the Hardy's Heroes shootout that year, which, of course, uh, you can buy it on DVD, all those Hardy's Heroes from the 80s uh, through the Chevron Marketing Services uh, website, cmsmotorsport.com.au for all the DVDs of seven sport magic moments of motorsport and all the old Bathursts. We've got a range of new ones coming out very soon, uh, starting from August. So jump on our website. You can actually read about the new releases this year, which includes Bathurst 92 and Bathurst 93 in full. Dean Robinson, I'd like to see you turn your hand to some writing like John Smale's recent efforts. Both his Climbing the Mountain and Race Across the World are excellent reads. I agree. I've actually read the guts of climbing the mountain. I haven't read uh, Race Around the World, which is the London to Sydney Marathon book. Um, novel, uh, Not novels, but more paperback-type books are probably not up my alleyway, but if I could find a nice, meaty research topic, um, maybe, maybe one day. You never know. Kelly Johnson, sister of Steve, daughter of Dick. A uh, bit of a challenge. Oh, I like a challenge. We'd like to find out where Steve's first race car is, his yellow Datsun 1600, wondering if it's still alive somewhere. Now, we've approached this topic a few times through socials, and it sounds like it is out there still, that 1600 sports sedan that Stevie J started his career in with uh, a rotary Mazda engine that I'm pretty sure there was an Alan Moffat spare that ended up with the Johnsons for that car. Uh, we have had a few leads on that car in the past, and from what we understand, it, it is still around. If you own it or you know someone that does, uh, let's put some, um, let's really 
underline it, bold it, and and do something about it. Let's hear about it. We'd love to know the full details. Warren Kay, what's the smallest engine capacity to win Bathurst? Well, it's got to be the Mini, doesn't it? 1.3 litre, four-cylinder, 1966 Bob Holden, Renault Elton. I think that's pretty straightforward. Uh, Ashley Hoff says, what about looking at some cars from other categories, things like sports sedans, formula cars? Uh, yeah, we've uh, just put a story on our, our website this week about the restoration coming up of Kerry Bailey's Toyota Supra that had a, a Chevy V8 jammed in it that was a three-time Australian sports sedan championship winning car. So we've done a little bit of that sort of stuff lately. Uh, Andre Fuller, other than the two Bathurst 24-hour DVDs coming out, are there any plans of releasing any of the pro car races on DVD? Good question. Uh, those tapes are still around uh, from AVE in Sydney who recorded all of those races for Pro Car back in the day. So quite potentially we could do some Pro Car stuff. The V8 Brutes of the, the 2000s would be good fun. The Nations Cup races with Brock and Pretty in the Monaros and Paul Stokel in the Lamborghini and John Bow in a Ferrari and Jimmy Richards and Fitzy in Porsches. Um, I think that'd be pretty cool. So, yeah, I'd be keen to do that at some stage. Uh, any thoughts on a DVD? This is another Andre question of the race of a thousand years from Adelaide. Um, it'd be a rights issue, but maybe it's something we could look into. Uh, or the Australian Grand Prix from when Alan Jones raced at Calder. I've actually asked Channel 9 if they have the master tapes for those races uh, for that particular race, 1980 at, at Calder, and it seems that they may not have the master tape. I know there's some copies of it floating around online. Uh, of course, we would never condone copyright uh, breaches or the like, but I do understand that there is a bit of vision floating around. Uh, we've got a massive list of questions here. I've tried to cull them, and quite frankly, I can't. So I'm going to just press on, and we'll do just this big bulk Q&A. And as I mentioned, Greg Rust is our next guest on the V8 Sleuth pod. That's coming up in a week or two's time, so make sure you keep your ears open. Um, before I get into the next question, a quick reminder too, we have a stock take sale on. I, I know that there's a lot of people at the moment who are stuck at home, who are uh, unable to get out and about or go shopping or do anything like that. Uh, so what we've actually done, we have some stock uh, from previous projects and previous publications out our Cars of the King Peter Brock limited edition uh, collector's magazine that has all of his Bathurst race cars uh, in it. Uh, we've cut the price of that in half. The Falcon Files mag magazine that documents 25 years of V8 supercar Falcons from 1992 to 2017. It's about 240-odd pages packed with info. It's half price as well. Um, if you jump on our bookstore, go to the V8 Sleuth website, click on the bookstore link, it'll take you there as well. Uh, we've also got some stock left of the 2018 Bathurst 1000 Annual, uh, the official book of the 2018 Great Race, won by Craig Lowndes and Steve Richards, of course. Uh, that's been heavily discounted as well. Uh, I'm packing the parcels. I'm actually sta staffing the envelopes with these books, so you are getting it direct from the V8 Sleuth. Uh, and also, we've got some stock left of our Ford at Bathurst book that we did um, a year or so ago with a photo of every Ford in every year's great race up to the end of 2018. And I've also found a box of the Holden at Bathurst book that we had none left of, but we do have a couple left. So we'll put those up on the website. We'll do free postage for those two products. They were limited edition books. We only did 2,000 of the Ford book, 2,500 of the Holden book, with the premise being that there's a photo of every Holden from every year's Bathurst to that point in that book, and the same, um, of course, for the Ford as well. And thank you, too, to everyone who's pre-ordered on the books that we're currently working on. The Dick Johnson Racing book's about to go to the printer, obviously with what's been happening with coronavirus uh, and and all of the things that are affected in terms of delivery and staff. Uh, our guys have been working from home. 
Uh, it's added a few extra hurdles, but we're nearly there. We're nearly at the printers to um, to get that book out. I'm, I'm sorry to those who've been waiting patiently for a long time. These things are massive projects. Uh, we're also working away on glo- going global. I'll spit it out right. Our Bathurst 12-hour book that covers 10 years of the GT era, which has got a photo of every single car from every single year. Uh, it, it's coming together really well. That's heading off to print in about a, a month's time. And we've also got our Racing the Lion, the, the new book that is – uh, an illustrated history of Holden in Australian motorsport, of course, dipping our cap to Holden's amazing contribution to motorsport. 400 pages packed with plenty of photos that you've you've never seen before. Right, so that's the plugs. Go to the bookstore, please support us. We'll support you with all the discounts that we can. Every lap in under a minute means every second matters. Bosch Power Tools Perth Super Sprint, May 17 to 19. Book now at Tick Attack. Supercars, unforgettable. Uh, next question. Well, multiple questions. Well, no, it's actually, let's go with one question. Clint Tice asks, is the Australian Grand Prix the first time that a Supercars Championship round, or Australian Touring Cars, has been cancelled entirely? Well, as far as I can think of, it is in terms of one where we've um, actually started the event, but there's been plenty over the years that were postponed and moved and and rescheduled um a quick list that we just came up with in the office in recent times uh 1987 surface paradise round that was a delayed a week because of flooding uh lakeside a couple of years 89 and 96 they were both delayed because of flooding which that track was well noted for uh called 1998 remember that the last race was actually canned because the weather was uh, too bad greg murphy went out and did a siding lap in the hrtv t commodore and Probably drove it back to the the garage area. Uh, Bahrain 2009, uh, that was postponed to 2010 to pair up with Abu Dhabi, and it was replaced by uh, the Phillip Island 300. So we went to Phillip Island for the second time in what, two months because it also hosted the 500. Um, but in terms of an event that's actually underway and canned mid-event, um, I think you'll find that uh, I can't think of another one that's that's happened like Albert Park has. Neil Austin, is there a book in the works about each driver that's won the Supercars and Touring Car Championship? Uh, we don't have one at the moment. Would be nice to do one day, but we've got a long list of books to do at the moment. Brendan McEntee, uh, I should say, will you do a podcast on PB? Peter Brock, interview some drivers he raced against and share stories of the old days, his engineers and people close to the teams he raced with. Um, there's probably been a lot of Brock stuff out there over the years and talking to uh, all of these people, uh, it's probably content that's out there already, but um, I probably have got a, a feeling that one day I'd like to sit down and share um, a Brock-related story or six. Um, I've been asked quite a few times over the years to talk on other uh, on radio shows and other things about the day of Peter's death. Uh, I worked at Tim Pemberton's office. We were the Holden Motorsport PR agency at the time, and as you could imagine, we were quite a, a nerve centre of that day for for the information, and we were the place that the media came looking for things, and there was um, things that happened that day that I've never talked about, and probably uh, one day, one day I will, and maybe it's the V8 Sleuth podcast that's the the place to to do that. So maybe that's what we do in terms of a a Brock pod, but. Um, there's plenty of cool stuff to talk about with PB over the years in terms of the cars and the races and the memories. So uh, we might throw that open to to do some some PB type stuff down the track. But um, there's plenty of PB stuff out there to keep everyone going 
while they're in a bit of a gap between races, I, I would have thought at the moment. But yeah, one day we'll get there. Uh, Ken Wright, in the Holden in Motorsport book you're doing, is there a section on HQ racing? Ken? Absolutely, there is. HQ Holdens on the Thunderdome, uh, of course, on road circuits around Australia. Yes, HQ Racing definitely has a section in our book. Craig Patterson, how many of the pre-V8 era Australian Touring Car Championship winning cars still survive? It's probably quicker to do the list of the cars off the top of my head that don't survive and haven't survived. Uh, Remember that Jim Richards in 1990 drove the GDSR Skyline and then finished the year off in the GDR uh, that car was written off by Mark Scaife later that year at the Adelaide Grand Prix. It's gone. It's one of the five uh, Godzillas that no longer exists. Um, the four others still do. Uh, Alan Moffat, 1983 Touring Car Championship winning Peter Stuyvesant Mazda RX-7. Remember that he had an accident at Surface Paradise the following year that wrote that car off. Uh, Peter Brock's 1980 Championship winning Marlborough HDT Commodore from my quick recollection, that became the Clive Benson Brown car the next year that Gary Rogers had the big shunt in uh, at Bathurst at the top of the hill, and that one was junked. And, of course, Alan Moffat, 1976, uh, his XBGT Falcon, which had been a, a factory car uh, a couple of years earlier, uh, that was burnt in a fire in his transporter on the way to the Adelaide International Raceway round. So um, that car, which, of course, contributed to the 76 title, is no more. So there's a couple of them that are, are certainly not around. Craig Poole asks, L34 race cars, any book projects in the wings? Uh, Craig, not quite at the moment. We'll get back to the podcast in just a moment, but I wanted to tell you about our good friends at Timken, a world leader in bearings and mechanical power transmission products and services. Now, you might know their name and recognise their logo, but did you know that Timken products have been to the surface of Mars? It's true. Timken partnered with NASA to design and develop bearings for its Mars rover missions Spirit, Opportunity and Curiosity, as well as for NASA's next scheduled mission to the red planet that's set to blast off in July 2020. The Curiosity rover used Timken bearings in its descent to the planet, as well as in the carousel system that positions the rover's sample cups for gathering and analysing rock, soil and atmosphere, plus two bearings that run the vacuum pump that supports the rover's analytical equipment. Those bearings are just 6.35 millimetres, yes, millimetres in size, and they rotate at 100,000 RPM. It's amazing. We'll bring you some more cool facts about Timken in each episode of the V8 Sleuth podcast this year, but now it's back to the podcast. Let's plough on with questions. Brent Gower, any chance of a DVD or book on sports sedans? Now, there's plenty of interest out there in sports sedans. I have a feeling... For a wide-scale book or DVD project, it's too niche, but I would be happy to be proven wrong. Um, when you think about the great sports sedans over the years of oh, Tomo's V-Dub, there's the Alan Grice BMW, of course, the Frank Gardner Corvair, Jim Richards Mustang, and then later Falcon, the Bob Jane Monza, uh, there's plenty, the HDT Beast, there's plenty of iconic, interesting sports sedan cars from over the years. Um, so you never know. If enough people put their money down and said, yep, we'll buy one if you do it, uh, we might look at it in the future. Uh, Julian Thompson, which manufacturers and cars would you like to see come into supercars with Gen 3? Uh, I'd like to see anyone, basically. That'd be great. Um, opening up the platform and getting some more cars or brands in there, I think it's going to be really tough. But um, if I was just spitballing, I'd love to see a BMW in there because they have great racing pedigree. 
but of course, whether any of these things do or don't happen, the world's very different now compared to two weeks ago. Uh, there's bigger priorities probably at play right now for supercar teams just to get themselves back up and rolling and on the grid for for later in the year, and we'll see what happens with Gen Three and new brands and and that type of thing. Uh, Wayne Daly says, no questions again. I've asked heaps and never got an answer. Uh, and Facebook tries to recognise me as one of the page's best supporters offering a badge. Well, I'm happy that you've got a top fan badge. That's good to hear. Wayne, you send a question through next and we will get to it. Make sure that you do that because um, we can't answer all of the ones we get and we do probably only get to about 20%, such is the volume that we get. This is the V8 Sleuth Q&A podcast powered by Timkin. Liam Briggs next up. Uh, he's talking about the Holden Dealer team, or HDT, as it was in 87. They had two VK Commodores for Brock and Gary Scott. Then they switched to the VLs. What happened to the two old VKs? Well, one of those, uh, Liam, ended up as a rally car with Swampy Marsh, who I understand still has it. It's had um, a long life of bashing th- through the bush. Uh, and the other is actually the car that's for sale uh, through our website at the moment on V8 Sleuth, the Peter Brock Allen Moffat. Uh, 86 Bathurst car that's been fully restored to that livery and spec from uh, from 86. Alan Smallwood, what's your favourite Alan Grice livery of all time? Hmm. I thought about this before we started recording the podcast, and I thought I had an answer. I think it's the FAI Commodore, 1988-1989, the blue and white uh, roadways racing run car, but um, it's hard to pick because Grice raced plenty of good cars over the years, but... That would be the one I would pick uh, for the purpose of the question and answer. John Stryker. Oh, this is a good one. 1999 Sensational Adelaide 500. Have they ever established if it was one race or two? Uh, one race, John, spread over two days. So he says, if it was one race, how did Lowndes win if he was disqualified at half distance? Uh, he was reinstated. Uh, that's how he managed to win. And if it was two races, why did Cameron McLean have to perform a stop-go penalty in race two for an infringement in race one? Is everyone's head spinning now? Uh, yeah, it's one of those things. Craig Lowndes won the Sensational Adelaide 500. It was one race over two days, 156 laps, as per the original theory behind that event. But the problem was on Saturday when some of the big names, Dick Johnson, Larry Perkins, Wayne Gardner, uh, fell out of the race, they couldn't be back in the race on the Sunday. So uh, rules were rewritten overnight. All sorts of things were done to... Uh, uh, kind of make it two races, but the reality was officially it's one race, but uh, cars were allowed to restart and race in the, the Sunday leg. But, um, yeah, it was all very messy and has caused heaps of fun for statisticians uh, over the years. Sean Matthews, what's the purpose in the windscreen numbers changing sides this year? Uh, Sean, that's in preparedness for the LED panels that are going to be uh, introduced to supercars full-time, which will uh, be able to give the fans positional information um, so they've had to, to move the number across uh, so as it's not covering it um, which it would have if you'd done it last year Greg Mitchell what happened to Tasman Motorsport and Lansvale smash repairs well Lansvale Steve Reed, Trevor Ashby the privateer team out of Sydney they sold their operation to Tasman Motorsport which was a, a range of investors but included Greg Murphy's father Kevin um, Greg Mathias, a New Zealand businessman, Jim Bolton, New Zealand businessman, uh, James Henderson, the sports manager who uh, looks after Ricky Ponting and Alistair Clarkson and a range of supercars-related um, um, drivers and, and personalities. Uh, so Tasman, of course, raced through to 2009. Greg Murphy ended up racing there, Jason Richards, Jason Bargwana, 
Uh, Andrew Jones spent some time there, Jamie Winkup, of course. At the end of 2009, it was closed down and the uh, the licenses were sold off. One of them went to uh, Tony Delberto for his team, having previously run a, a Rod Nash franchise. Um, and the other one escapes my memory as to where that other franchise went, but it, it closed down. Uh, we still see Gray Mathias around at the odd event. Uh, he's very closely associated with Fabian Coulthard. Um, saw him in Adelaide a couple of weeks ago. Uh, James Henderson's still around working in sports management, as I, I mentioned before. So a lot of those guys are still floating around either in the sport or on the fringes of it. And uh, we regularly see uh, Steve Reed at the Supercar Rounds. Of course, the Lansvale uh, business uh, has a, a small sponsorship um, support um, scenario with Brad Jones Racing. So it's quite often that you see him at their round, uh, at the rounds in their garage Um quite often doing garage tours and the like, so it's great to see him still around. Paul Wright's question, was the Gibbs Godzilla, that's the GIO car, uh, out of the Gibson workshop or completely separate? Uh, Built and run out of the Gibson workshop but by the GIO team on the race weekends uh, under the direction of uh, Paul Taylor, who who worked with supercars for many years in in the aftermath of Group A. Um, But, yeah, it was built by Gibsons and, and housed at Gibsons. Uh, and, and lives on, which is great news as well. Tony Ledger's question, interested to know what happened to Gricey's Roadways cars built by Les Small. Well, there's a pile of them, so we won't go into all of them now, but I reckon that's a great yarn to do for Muscle Car Magazine, so we might have a chat to them about putting that together with some great images from the past. Darren Foley, what became of Andrew Medici's Oxo Sierras? Uh, there were a few of them. Uh, the 1987 car that he drove during the championship, the red Oxo number 35 car, you might remember, was barrel-rolled at Sandown in final practice on Saturday by Don Smith. Uh, that was a write-off as a touring car, but was restored. Uh, well, it became a sports sedan, Mike Severi's sports sedan. And in more recent years, it's been restored as a, a Group A touring car. Uh, and then the car that um, replaced it for Bathurst 87 and then Medeki used in 88. Off the top of my head, I'm thinking that's the car that was um, uh, damaged uh, at some case later on in, in the following years. Uh, Medeki ran his own operation in, in 88, uh, and then in 89, he had the, the Kenwood car. Oh, oh, yeah, and that's the thing. Yeah, so um, Lakeside, yeah, I'm having a mental blank. Lakeside 89, the big fire, of course, that's where that car um, met the end of the road. Uh, ben Simpson, are there any more Shannon's Legends of Motorsport shows being planned? Uh, common question, get this one a lot. No, there's not. There was two series of television and one series of uh, online video content. Um, it would be great to do it one day and maybe it can come back in another form but there's there's nothing being planned or, or worked on at the moment uh nathan david i wouldn't mind finding out more about the future tours of the early 2000s uh i'm with you nathan we've had a range of car owners over the years in the last year or two get in touch um and it's an interesting story about that category as to how it came to be some of the problems and the hurdles that it had to jump and uh why it ultimately fizzled out i think that'd be a great feature piece to do for Maybe it's a podcast, maybe it's a magazine story, but no, I agree, we could we could do that one day. Chris Williams, where did the Sierra that Ryan's story and Dick Johnson are modernising originally come from? It's actually a former uh, Shell Sierra show car, in fact, so uh, it's not one of the, the six race cars that were built, it's kind of the, in a way, it's the seventh car because it sounds like they're going to juice it up and put all the good bits in it and turn it into a, a ride car that you can actually end up going and having a having a ride in, which would be pretty awesome. Uh, Tom Guyton, uh, are you looking to look oh, – I'll start that again. Are you going to look at motorbikes at any stage? Uh, Tom, no. Uh, four wheels are our go. 
There's other people who are far better qualified uh, for, for the two-wheel stuff. Uh, Kev Wass, uh, the Brad Jones Oscar, what became of it? Does it still exist? Well, Bradley and Kim uh, had a few Oscars over the years. Uh, some of them were sold off to Nathan Pretty when he started on the Thunderdome. The VL Commodore that they started in, which was green and then later became the Cooper Tools Red VL, that's in a private uh, car collection. Uh, and one of the VNs that uh, also was a Red Cooper Tools car, that still exists and was used for uh, the photo shoot a couple of years ago where they ran that livery on the, San- uh, the Sandown 500 for retro round. So that car's still around as well. So there are a few of them from over the years still around. Uh, Warren Bartlett, where did Kevin Bartlett's Channel 9 Camaro end up? Uh, that is in the Bowden's car collection in Queensland. Dave Crook, what happened to Terry Finnegan's crashed Trojan Boats VL from Lakeside? Was it repaired or scrapped? That was 1989. Uh, Finnegan had a big shunt, and then it caught on fire. Basically, it pancaked the rear of the car and destroyed it. Uh, it was destroyed. Dave, gone. Gonski, gone, never coming back. Uh, had a new shell, Terry Finnegan, later that year and and um, built it up and, and got it going. Tim Watson. I don't think that's Tim Watson, Essendon champ and Channel 7 sports reader. But, Tim, um, your question, is the Bowseaton 65 Cortina at the Bathurst Motor Museum the winning car or a replica? It's the winning car. It's the real deal, um, that car. Uh, David Schulderman, I hope I've got that right, David. Uh, Will we be bringing out a book on all Holden victories? Um, We brought out a book last year on 500 wins for Commodore. We've got a Racing the Lion Holden history book that we're working on at the moment, so... Um, we're probably good for Holden content at the moment, but uh, maybe one day down the track we could do all the Holden Bathurst winning cars. That might be a, a way to play it. Uh, Jason Ward, has there ever been a new car built only to be destroyed on debut and never raced again? Uh, very quick recollection of my brain. The car that Craig Lowndes barrel rolled at Calder in 1999 uh, was new for the Sandown round, so it did three races there, and I think it might have done... Uh, three races at Queensland Raceway, and then it was gone after one race at Calder. So uh, it never raced again. It was rebuilt as the team's three-seater uh, PR2 ride car. But uh, uh, that's probably one of the ones that didn't last very long from debut to destruction. But maybe some of our listeners can remind us of any others that they recall that might not have got too far <laughs> after they made their racing debut. And Wayne McNamara has the final question for our V8 Sleuth podcast for this Q&A episode. He says... When and where was Dick Johnson's last podium finish? Good question. It was 1998 at Lakeside for the Australian Touring Car Championship round there. Of course, Dick retired uh, from supercars at the end of 99. He did make a one-off return at the 2000 Queensland 500. But, uh, yeah, that's the answer. 1998 Lakeside Australian Touring Car round in the Shell Helix Racing Ford Falcon EL, which was debuting that weekend. It was the last of their... EL cars. So there you have it. That's our V8 Sleuth podcast powered by Timken, our Q&A edition. I hope we got through quite a few of them. Uh, Keep connecting with us. We're going to keep writing lots of stories and putting a lot of social content out in the next few weeks and months while we're in this bit of a a holding pattern. I know it's uh, a little strange that the world that we're in right now, there's uh, things happening that are uh, in some ways uh, very scary, in some ways uh, a bit unsettling. Um, but as a motorsport community, we're going to continue to create content that we only uh, that is what we, we know how to do best. So uh, please keep connecting with us, keep sending emails, keep sending messages via social media. Send us your, your questions for upcoming podcasts and ideas of upcoming guests. We can always do them on the phone as well. Um, given the way of the world at the moment, it's a bit hard to do them 
um, sitting down across the table from one another, but uh, there's plenty of stuff for us to do. Keep connecting with us. Uh, head to the V8 Sleuth website, v8sleuth.com.au. Head to the bookstore as well. Uh, some big savings, up to 50% savings on some of the items, and we'll get them out to you in the post straight away. Uh, but in the meantime, make sure you join us for the next episode. In fact, if you can leave us a review, that would be fantastic for um, our ratings on this podcast. Tell all your friends, of course, and send them a text, send them an email. Uh, tag them on social media. We've had great response so far this year. You can listen to the podcast on all the good places where you listen to your podcasts on Apple and Google and Spotify, but we always load a story onto our website that has the podcast embedded within it as well. So if you've got a, a technologically challenged friend who can't understand how to work a phone and podcasting, but if they can get online, head to our website and they'll be the link uh, embedded within a story there that you can listen to it through the website as well that's this edition done next time we talk to greg rust a great chat with rusty the week of the australian grand prix uh, a sit down where we covered all sorts of topics some stuff that he's talked about before and some other stuff that he's never talked about rusty opens up on the next episode of the v8 sleuth podcast powered by timkin we'll see you soon every lap in under a minute means every second matters Bosch Power Tools Perth Super Sprint, May 17 to 19. Book now at Tick Attack. Supercars, unforgettable. Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online, thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car? best suited to. Just search Rego, the number two, and oil and find out.